Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Dewey Modia for God's Glory Alone Ministries, fggam.org. Blessed to be here with this year's Christmas message, based on Luke 2, 21 and 38. And then I will also be reading uh, Luke 2, 7 through 20. Waiting for Christmas. It is about here. Waiting and dreaming and hoping. How about these letters to Santa? Dear Santa Claus, when you come to my house, there will be some cookies and milk for you. But if you're real hungry, just use our phone and order a pizza. <laughs> Dear Santa, I'd like a puppy and a playhouse. P.S. I think I've been really good most of the time. But Mom says I'm a brat. <laughs> oh, my. Dear Santa, I'll take anything you leave because I haven't been very good this year. Nothing like honesty, right? Dear Santa, I'd like a new notebook, a new box of pencils, some new underwear, and some socks. I would also like a 36-inch flat-screen TV. Santa, if you're limited on what you can fit in the sleigh, just bring the TV. <laughs> oh, those, those are wonderful. So as kids, we anticipated great things, didn't we? But that doesn't mean we automatically stop anticipating things when we become adults. Let me ask you this, my friends, this morning. What are you anticipating this Christmas? What are you anticipating? Do you still get excited about Christmas, the birth of Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, we are introduced to a couple people who had been anticipating something for a long time, and they finally received it during the period of time that we now celebrate as Christmas. There was a man named Simeon, and there was a woman named Anna. You know, I've never seen them included in any nativity scene or Christmas card, but they were significant participants in the accounts of Jesus' birth. And the reason they were included was because both of them had been waiting for something very special. In the original Greek manuscripts, Luke describes their anticipation by using a word that literally means they were alert to his appearance and ready to welcome him. The word is used in verse 25 in reference to Simeon, where we read that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. It was also used in verse 38, describing how Anna gave thanks for the child and spoke to all who were looking forward to the consolation of Israel. Simeon and Anna must have been a lot like children waiting for Christmas, right? Filled with anticipation and excitement as they waited for the promised Messiah. But but, but was it just the person of the Messiah they were anxious for? No, I don't think so. They were anxious for what the Messiah would bring. Just like kids, anxious for Santa, but even more anxious for what he will bring, right? For what he will bring. So now let's take a look at Simeon first. He was waiting for comfort. Oh my, there's so many waiting for comfort here in the end of 2017 and facing 2018. You know, we're introduced to Simeon in verse 25. He was filled 
with anticipation about the promised Messiah that he was afraid that he would die before he saw him. It's safe to assume that since we're told that he was reassured by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before the Messiah came, Simeon would see Christ in person. He'd see Jesus Christ in person. How exciting would that have been? It's important to understand, my friends, what was going on in the nation of Israel at the time all this took place. Things were very bad. They hadn't heard from God for many years and were under Roman rule. They had lost their political independence and were living in fear under the cruel leadership of King Herod. They had heard about a Messiah that would rule the world, but many were wondering if that Messiah would ever come. Many were confused about the Messiah and were hoping for a mighty warrior and leader who would overthrow the current government. But Simeon was righteous and devout, spiritually strong and wise. He knew that the promised Messiah would not come to start wars and overthrow governments. Simeon knew that the promised Messiah would come to bring comfort and joy. And Simeon was anxious for the comfort for that comfort, for that comfort that he and others would soon receive the comfort. Now, let's be honest. Isn't that what people often want? Isn't that a universal human need? Comfort? Like I'm recording this in the comfort of my office in my home with the heat on. It's comfortable. Occasionally, all of us and I do mean all of us, will struggle with things like loneliness, emptiness, insecurity, and fear. Some people even experience extreme feelings of desperation. For some people, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, we must keep that in mind, that some people, for some people, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, it's been documented that the rate of depression and suicide often increases at this time of year. People need comfort and joy in their lives, the comfort and joy that only Jesus Christ can bring. The problem is so many look for it in the wrong places and the wrong people and the wrong, just the wrong things, my friends. Real comfort and joy cannot be found in the gifts we receive. They can't be found in the bar or nightclub, and real comfort and joy cannot be found at the mall or by spending money. Only the Messiah can provide the real comfort and joy that all people need. So many search and search and search, but only the Messiah can provide the real comfort and joy that all people need. In verse 27, you'll notice that the Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to go to the temple courts at just the right time. That's how it is when you have a close personal relationship with Jesus, just the right time, on just the right day, that Joseph and Mary were bringing the baby to the temple. Baby Jesus was about six weeks old at the time. The moment Simeon held that baby and looked in his face, he knew that God had kept his promise. Here in his arms was Emmanuel. God with us. In his arms, he held baby Jesus. Here was the one who would make everything right. Here was the one who would take away the feelings of rejection, fear, and loneliness. Do you today have rejection, fear, and loneliness? 
receive Jesus. He will bring comfort and joy. Verse 28 through 32 tells us that Simeon took the baby and immediately began to praise God. What a sight. Not only was Simeon acknowledging that God had kept his promise to allow him to live long enough to see the Messiah, but he was also acknowledging that God had also kept the promise he spoke through the prophets of the Old Testament to send the anointed one to comfort both Jews and Gentiles. Prior to Jesus, it was believed that only the Jews would be saved, but his coming changed all that. The promised Messiah brought comfort and joy that is available to all people, all races, all nationalities. Simeon was waiting for consolation, comfort, and it was delivered. So now, my friends, let's look at Anna. She was waiting for forgiveness. Are you waiting for forgiveness? After her husband died, she dedicated herself to fasting and praying in the temple. In fact, the Bible says that she never left the temple. But think of it, she worshipped day and night. She was waiting for the same person as Simeon, but she had different reasons for her anticipation. Instead of looking for comfort, Anna was looking for forgiveness. In verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. The word redemption is related to the idea of captivity. In Anna's day, the Old Testament Passover and the release of Israel from Egyptian slavery was considered to be the ultimate example of redemption and the symbol of God's power to release captives. Ultimately, the Passover celebration was intended to point ahead to the day when God would provide deliverance from the slavery of sin for all people. When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were waiting for redemption. Here, at last, was the one who would save his people from their sins. Simeon and Anna were anxiously waiting for some things. And when Jesus came, he provided the very things that they had been waiting for. God's comfort and forgiveness for all people. God's comfort and forgiveness for all people. As we consider this text, I think we can find at least three ways to apply it to our lives. Take notes here in the classroom of God. Please, three ways to apply it to our lives. Take notes, please. If you will do these three things, my friends, I believe they will help you experience God's comfort and forgiveness this Christmas. It's the best prescription you will get. Number one, become a marveler. Read verse 33. Joseph and Mary had been listening as Simeon and Anna talked about the baby. And the text says, they marveled at what was said about him. They marveled at what was said about him. Marveling over something means you are filled with wonder, astonishment, and surprise. Are you taking time to marvel this Christmas? Are you? Are you taking time to marvel this Christmas? Or are you bored? Are you all caught up in the business and stress of the season? Have you been running around like a chicken with your head cut off because of the holidays? Or are you taking time to make Christmas a holy day? Are you taking the time? Have you heard, my friend, the Christmas story so much that it no longer moves you or amazes you? Actually, this can be a very dangerous time of year for Christians. If you're not careful, you become so bored with the Christmas story that you don't let it inspire you. Maybe we should imagine ourselves 
and a certain person's sandals and think about what might have been for them. Maybe I'll imagine myself as Joseph this year. An angel appears to me to give me assurance that Mary's innocent. How would I respond? How would I feel? Or maybe I'll imagine myself as a shepherd leaning against a cliff, dozing off and taking little naps while I try to keep watch over my sheep at night. And all of a sudden there's a bunch of music and lights and celebration. I look up to see angels from the realms of glory. What in the world is going on? You see, it's important that we take time to marvel over the greatest event in history, one of the greatest events in history. It's also important that we become a mover, a mover. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God. Both Simeon and Anna were movers. When they were prompted by the Holy Spirit, they didn't sit still. They didn't sit still. They got up off that thing and moved. They moved. If you think about it, every person involved in the events surrounding the birth of Jesus responded to the Spirit's leading, with the exception of Herod. That's why it's important that we all have a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When the angel came to Mary to explain what was happening, Mary said, May it be to me as you have said. When Joseph was awakened from his dream, he demonstrated that he was a mover. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife. The shepherds were movers also. They said, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. The wise men saw the star and moved out of their comfort zone, out of their comfort zone. Too many of us stay in that comfort zone, moved out of their comfort zone to go find the newborn king. It's important to remember when God prompts you to do something, you need to do it. When God prompts you to do something, you need to do it. You need to have a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know I say that a lot, but that is the key to a godly life right now. God may be prompting you to invite him into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. He may be prompting someone else to get more involved in the church. He may be prompting others to be more involved in serving people. He may be prompting someone to quit their job and serve God. Do you sense that he's saying something to you this morning? If so, are you willing to move? Are you willing to move, my friend? When God prompts you to do something, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate, you may miss out on a miracle that he has planned for your life. Become a marveler. Become a mover. Become a messenger. It's interesting how it works. When we become marvelers, we can't help but become movers. And the natural progression for a marveler and a mover is to become a messenger. Verse 38 she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. God wants each of us to become messengers of the Christmas story. What are you waiting for this Christmas, my friends? What are you waiting for? Can you identify with Simeon this year? You're hurting right now. You feel lonely and empty, maybe even a little afraid. Do you need a little bit of comfort in your life? Do you need to be counseled, consoled? Do you need the sense, the presence of God in your heart and life? If so, you can find what you're looking for in Jesus Christ. 
He came into this world in a personal way because he wants to be personal to each one of us. Or do you identify more with Anna? Are you feeling the need for forgiveness? Are you filled with guilt because of something you've done or the way you've been living? Do you feel trapped? Trapped in a pattern of awful life that you know is not pleasing God. If you need forgiveness, my friend, you can receive it right now from Jesus Christ. Right now from Jesus Christ. In fact, I can't think of a better time of year to ask Jesus to forgive you and begin a new work in you. Amen. I want to read now from Luke 2, verse 7 to 20. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest! Glory to God in the highest! And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. Merry Christmas. My prayer this Christmas is that we all grow closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer is for those listening that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that you will accept Jesus into your heart this moment. I'm Pastor Dewey Modia for God's Glory Alone Ministries based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You can find me at fggam.org, fggam.org. My wife Sharon and I pray that you all have a very merry, blessed Christmas and a happy new year. We love you all. God bless you all.